Howdy. This is the Views from the Shot podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, February 28th, it's a Tuesday, 2023. I wish you the happiest of National Protein Days. On today's show, we are going to, of course, preview Ohio State's impending matchup with Maryland coming up on Wednesday night. But before we get there, I'm going to give some thoughts on what was a lengthy press conference on Monday where multiple players and, of course, head coach Chris Holman spoke to the media. That's all I got for an intro, so why don't we do it? Let's talk about Zed Key, first of all, from this Monday press conference. Actually, before we get there, and I never make notes for this, and I really should, but if you're listening right now and you have not subscribed, that saddens me greatly. And if you don't care about my feelings, that's okay, but you should care about consuming the highest quality Ohio State basketball coverage out there, which may or may not be here, but if it is, is that a risk you really want to take? Not knowing when the next podcast comes out, I don't know. Sounds iffy to me. It's free. Nothing bad will ever happen to you should you subscribe. So please subscribe, follow, and give me your thoughts on the show. Of course, you can find us on Twitter at the Shop Pod. Okay. Now that that ad is over, it was free, by the way, I want to keep this show free, so you should subscribe. Anyways, I'm going to start with Zed Key. So we know now at this point, Zed Key, he's having season-ending shoulder surgery. We knew going into this week that it was going to happen on Thursday. We've got some new details from that Zed Key injury. Number one, it's going to be about a four- to six-month recovery And this is not the NFL where we release every detail of an injury into the great unknown. So we don't really know what happened to Zed Key. If you're a doctor or a a physical therapist or an athletic trainer, maybe you have a good idea of what happened. Zed Key shed some light on it as well on Monday. Appears some kind of labrum injury with maybe a dislocation. I could have Googled and figured out exactly what this injury was or had a 90% certainty of what it was. But you know what I was doing instead? I was watching about 45 minutes of press conferences so that you don't have to, and I can bring you the best coverage of said press conferences. So I didn't do it. And if that bothers you, then I'm sorry. I don't know Zedke's injury, and if you know it, please tell me so that I can know for sure. But regardless, it doesn't matter. It's a four to six month recovery. Zed Key is going to miss the majority, if not all, of obviously the spring and summer as well. And look, as I said, the Northwestern game was the last game that he played. He got hurt. And after that game, I said, Zed, look, I appreciate you what you've done for this program, but it's time to sit out. Let's call it a year. Let's go get recovered and come back next year for your senior season. We can't wait to have you. Well, I guess Zed and and Coach Holtman decided to listen to me. So in terms of his thought process behind that, I'll talk about that. But here's a quote from Chris Holtman on Zed Key trying to play through this injury. He said, quote, it wasn't great for him and it might not have been great for us, end quote. 
I would agree. That's what I said when I recommended that Zed Key not be in. So another half point of credibility should be given to me. Thank you. When you have Zed Key out there, he's just hurting himself. He's not playing 100%. And at the same time, Felix Akpara, who could be getting more minutes to develop, get more experience, that means a lot. Playing an extra five, six games as a starter where you're getting starter minutes, you're dealing with the best of the best in the Big Ten, that could be very helpful to Felix Akpara heading into next year in his sophomore campaign. So I'm happy we're on the same page there. Me, myself, and Chris Holtman and Zed Key, we all, we all agree with one another. So that's great. So a question that I had that I was curious about that Zed Key answered during this press conference, he said his shoulder would feel good going into games. It's not like it got any worse. He said... The pain when it first happened was a 9 or a 10. But with the brace, with pain management and all that stuff, he said going into games, he would feel good. Then he would re-aggravate it over and over and over again. And then he said, you know, after the North Northwestern game, he thought about it. He thought about what in the world should I do with the remainder of my season. And after a couple games, he came to the conclusion Look, no reason to keep it going, and I can appreciate that. He's become a leader from the bench now, and he's going to get some extra time to to heal up here heading into next season. One other question I had that was answered during this time. Zed Key, I got very used to him making pretty much every shot he would attempt, or at least that's how it felt, especially down the stretch last year. He had improved from freshman to sophomore year, and you just expected him, when he was in the low post, whether he got good positioning or not, it seemed like any shot that he was going to get up was going in. He was a very, very efficient scorer from the low post. Then you head into the junior year, and especially after this injury, he's missing shots that you're used to him hitting. And he said, during the injury, nah, it doesn't have anything to do with it. Shoulder has nothing to do with my lack or or downturn in production now after the injury in hindsight he says actually I was just being a tough guy my shoulder hurts really bad and that kept me from being able to hit shots I don't blame him for not blaming the shoulder injury when he was playing you don't want to make excuses but now that we're after the fact that makes total sense so for those of you dirty Zed Key haters out there how can you hate a guy who just played through a grueling injury, tried to give it his all, and now he's finally shutting it down. I don't know how you hate a guy like that, but far be it from me to judge you. Far be it from me. If you do hate Zed Key, you should stop. But you should also look forward to Zed Key being fully healthy next year, we hope, and hitting those shots that you expect him to hit because he can be a very, very valuable weapon down in the low post offensively. Now, he was also asked, where do you want to improve, Zed? Heading into the summer and into the next season, where would you like to be better? He mentioned pretty much the same things that if you follow Ohio State basketball on Zed Key, you know where he needs to improve and what he said before he needs to improve in kind of echoed the same thing. He said he wants to shoot more threes. Do I want him to shoot more threes? Sure. I'd like him to specifically make more threes, but that's neither hither nor thither. He also said faster footwork down in the low post. I'm there for that, and better conditioning, probably the, the biggest thing for Zed Key. Although, if you look at him, this is a guy who seems to be in better shape than he was in years past, at least 
when I get my view of him when I'm at the shop. Now, one other note on leadership. It's been a huge topic of discussion for Ohio State basketball this year. He said, Zed, that he didn't want to go into any of the specifics of himself as a leader or the lack thereof of leadership this season, but it definitely seemed that he wished he could go back and change how he handled some things with the team as a leader. So you wonder, even now and heading into next year, will Zed Key step up and be a little bit more of a leader for the Ohio State men's basketball team? How about Felix Akpara? Some thoughts were given on him. Do you remember several weeks ago when there was a a tweet or report that came out that he was walking around in a walking boot? Well, he's still dealing with that same injury. Coach Holtman said it hasn't kept him from playing time, but, you know, it's it's something that is worth monitoring, I guess, and hoping that he's 100% next year. Chris Holtman also said Felix Akpara is maturing in front of our eyes. I would agree with that. His sequence to open up the second half where you saw him immediately alley-oop dunk and then a block on the other end, that was fantastic to see. You want to continue to see him grow. Now, one other thing that we I, I think we should expect at least is Ohio State to continue to play small ball. It may mean Felix Akpara's minutes are limited at least somewhat, but I think we're going to see more small ball played by Ohio State. Holtman mentioned ice likely as a big piece for Ohio State down the stretch. He said, quote, we did execute well out of timeouts and dead ball situations. A couple of those were keyed by Isaac playing the five. His ability to pass from the five gives you some options. You give him a little bit more freedom, end quote. So he's obviously speaking of the game against Illinois, speaking of Ice Likely, who played the five a little bit. This is another player, again, Ohio State, got a couple guys on the first team all thick boys team, NCAA, this season. Ice Likely, the chief among them, for sure. He's a versatile player. We probably knew that coming in. If you watch Ice Likely, if you watch Oklahoma State, if you're just familiar with the team at all, you know that this is a player who, he can play point guard. He can also be a five on on a small lineup, and that's what he's done. Holtman has spoken very highly of him, not just in this press conference, but in the post game after the win over Illinois. Ice Likely, whether you like him or not, Ohio State is probably going to move in this direction of playing some more small ball, which means Likely is going to get more playing time at the five. Chris Holtman also mentioned he wants Likely to shoot more. I just hope he doesn't shoot more from the foul line. And those are my thoughts there. Senior day. One last thing I want to mention. We know that there will be three players honored on senior day or senior night, depending on how you prefer to use your words. Those three players, Justice Suing, Sean McNeil, Ice Likely, will be honored. What does this mean? Well, let's talk about Bryce Sensenbaugh for just a second. Now, if you think back to previous senior days and you even look back to last year, do you remember when there was a non-senior honored on senior day? It was EJ Liddell. Last season, we knew for a fact that with that happening, EJ Liddell was going to the NBA draft. Good for him. This is a player who worked through Ohio State system for three years, and he got better year over year. You saw every single year specific improvements from EJ Liddell. It was so easy 
to see. His athleticism, his ability to rebound, to block shots. He was incredible from his freshman to his junior season. So he left. Good for EJ. Justice Ewing, obviously a senior. Sean McNeil, Isaac Likely, all of those players seniors. EJ Liddell was not a senior. He was honored. Now you think about Bryce Sensenbaugh. He will not be honored on senior day. There's about three possible outcomes of Bryce Sensenbaugh not being honored on senior day. Number one, he's not honored because he plans for sure to come back to Ohio State next year. Maybe. Number two, he's not honored because he's still thinking about if he wants to enter the NBA draft next year. Possible. Number three, he's not honored simply because he's a freshman. He hasn't been with the team very long. He is going to the draft, but he wants to be quiet about it, not make it obvious yet. I don't know the answer to any of those things. My gut tells me at this point, I lean towards Sensabaugh heading to the NBA draft next season, although he could come back. I'm like 55-45 lean toward him going to the draft, maybe 60-40 if you want to stretch it, and that's a big stretch. I probably wouldn't go more than 58-42 to be specific, but all that to say, we know for a fact that at least right now, if Bryce Sensenbaugh is leaving for the NBA draft, he does not want it to be publicized. So there's that. I have no idea what Sensenbaugh will decide to do. Again, 55-45 that he decides to move on. One thing I can tell you, though, can we just for just for a moment, can we just relax? This talk about Bryce Sensenbaugh transferring next season, do you think Bryce Sensenbaugh really gives two craps about winning games at Ohio State? He, he may give one a single crap, but probably not two. Like... Think about it. What is Bryce Sensenbaugh's goal? Do you think that his goal is the same as Sean McNeil when he transferred to Ohio State from West Virginia? Or Justice Suing when he transferred from Cal to Ohio State? The goals are not the same. Bryce Sensenbaugh was one of the best recruits in the country last year. Although he had a very slow recruiting cycle, he got interest very late in his cycle, which maybe ended up boding well for Ohio State. But what is Bryce Sensenbaugh's goal? Do you think it's a little bit different than Felix Akpara? Felix Akpara is maybe, if you go to Ohio State on scholarship, you're like, man, I would love to go to the NBA draft one day, especially if you're a five or a four-star recruit. Bruce Thornton, probably the same way. Bryce Sensenbaugh, he's not going to leave because Ohio State isn't winning as many games as he would like to win. That is silly. Bryce Sensenbaugh's goal is to go to the NBA draft. So he could transfer, number one, why? Number two, where? Is he going to go transfer to Duke or Georgia Tech or Florida, a couple teams that were hot pursuing him in his recruitment? For what reason? What does that get you? Go meet a new team, go have to move, go have to learn a new system, and all of those things when, I don't know, I would assume he's happy at Ohio State. For what reason would he leave? Go play for Kansas? Go play in the Big 12, which is just as competitive as the Big 10? Okay, good for you, Bryce. That doesn't make any sense. So people thinking that Bryce Sensabaugh's number one goal is to win games in college basketball? Don't be silly. His number one goal is to go to the NBA. And Ohio State is the vessel for him to do that. Next year, Bryce Sensabaugh, mark it down now. He will either be at Ohio State or he will be in the NBA. Those are the two options. 
Stop talking about him transferring. It makes no sense. It's why you as a fan and myself as a fan, we do the things that we do, which is give opinions and talk about it. And it's why we're not employed by the Ohio State University or anyone else in in basketball in general. Because we make decisions and we think about things as fans. My job or my my goal is to help you think a little bit less like a fan and just be more informed. And with that, I will move on. Let's talk about Maryland. You remember when Ohio State took on Maryland the first time? And that was back in the days when Ohio State wasn't necessarily all that bad. And we thought there was hope. And we were like, we've lost a couple games in a row, but... Uh, you know, we're still a good team. We'll make the tournament. Wrong. That didn't happen. That first game against Maryland was the start, was part of the start of a very, very dry spell for Ohio State. So who is Maryland now? Now that we are firmly through Big Ten play, we're about to wrap up the regular season. Who is this Maryland Terrapin team? Well, they're 20-9 and right now, 11-7 and in the Big Ten Conference. As of recording, this may have changed based on games being played, and it will change. But as of right now, they're ranked 17th in Ken Palm, 21st in the net rankings. By the way, I got a question. Why do you use net rankings so much? I hate net rankings. Okay, you can feel free to hate net rankings, but you're a fan and you're not a part of the NCAA. The NCAA net rankings is kind of its thing. So yeah, I'm going to use net rankings because it's important to the NCAA, which in part helps put on college basketball and also has a huge say in, I don't know, the NCAA tournament. So yeah, I'm going to keep using that. Sorry that you hate net rankings. They're 3-8 and eight in quad one games this season in a big split here, which is not uncommon in college basketball, but it shows the value of playing at home. Maryland this season, they went 10-0 and 0 at home in Big Ten play. They have finished their home slate of games in Big Ten play this season. They finished a perfect 10-0. On the road this season, in total, not just in the Big Ten, but in total, they are 2-7. So, most teams are much better at home than they are on the road. This game being played in Columbus, just something to think about. Their resume to this point, they've got a win over Miami 88-70 very, very early in the year. That's a very, very good win. If you play this game again now, today, who wins? Probably a little bit closer. I would kind of still lean toward Maryland, but it's a good win regardless. They've also defeated Louisville this year, as did my local community college. On to the next one. They beat Tennessee by three, another great win. Got crushed by UCLA by almost 30. And then they've also beaten March Madness darling St. Peter's from last year. Down with St. Peter's. St. Peter's will not be dancing this year unless they pull off a miracle and win their conference tournament, which at this point, they may have already lost. I don't know. I don't pay attention to St. Peter's basketball all that much. I apologize for not being all that informed on the mid-majors, but it is what it is. Your brain can only take in so much. Maybe your brain can. My, My brain can only take in so much. Maybe your brain can take in whatever it wants. And if that's the case for you, you're a lucky person. Maryland, in recent times, they've won four of five games. Their only loss wasn't overtime, but it was to Nebraska. 
Now, this isn't the Nebraska that we're used to making fun of. They're a pretty solid team. But in that span of winning four of their last five, they've got a win over Purdue and a win over Northwestern. And if there's two teams in the Big Ten right now you want to beat, maybe those are the two. Maybe you sprinkle in Indiana. I don't know. But those are two very, very good wins. And you can't beat yourself, so I can't include Maryland in that. But those two wins, very, very good in a five-game span. So as of right now, Maryland firmly entrenched in making it to the NCAA tournament. Where they will be seeded, it's hard to say. It's only February, so I won't speak on that. But they've got a solid resume at this point. You'd like them to have maybe a few more marquee wins on their schedule in the non-conference, but a pretty battle-tested team. Any team is in the Big Ten at this point in the year. Offensively, Maryland, in terms of Ken Palm adjusted offensive efficiency, they're 26. This is an offense as a whole. They're not afraid to spread it out, spread out their, their, they're very well spaced and they will extend their offense past the three point line. Really, really good spacing. It's led to a very, very efficient team offensively, but they don't move all that fast. They average 71.2 points per game. That's 8th in the Big Ten. Nothing to write home about. It's fine, I suppose. Not great. Field goal percentage, they've got some good shooters. Nice stat for you. They shoot 45.5% from the field. That's 6th in the Big Ten. When is the last time Ohio State played a team that shot 45.5% from the field goal area? 45.5% from the field, I should say. Do you know the last time? Do you listen closely To these shows, I bet right now, as you hear that line, if you were dozing off or you weren't listening all that closely, maybe you're listening a little bit more closely now, but the last time Ohio State played a team shooting 45.5% from the field was Sunday against Illinois. Exact same shooting percentage. Does that mean anything? No. Will I still mention it? Yes, and I have. Moving on. Okay, team, shooting from the field, shooting from behind the arc, they're ninth. They're also... Ninth and made three. So field goal percentage and total made three-pointers, both ninth in the Big Ten at 32.4%. So by no means world beaters from behind the arc. That's the team as an offense. They're efficient. They shoot the ball pretty well. They're they're a well-spaced team. They play well offensively. They will not blow you away. Defensively, they're 30th in defensive Efficiency, adjusted defensive efficiency, I should say, coming from Ken Palm. Top 30 in offensive and defensive efficiency. That's pretty solid. They won't force a lot of turnovers. They're not going to scare you, but they're pretty solid. They're fourth in the Big Ten in points given up per game at 62.8 points per game. Seventh in opponent field goal percentage at 42.1%. And then threes, they're pretty solid at defending the three-point line at 31.4% from behind the arc. So overall, a team that's maybe a little bit better when it comes to those normal counting stats, numbers defensively than they are offensively. But in terms of adjusted efficiency, they're about the same offensively and defensively. They're not a team defensively that's going to block a lot of shots. They won't force a lot of turnovers, but they do have at least one shot blocker on the team who we'll talk about in a second. And overall, it's, it's a somewhat long team. They do have some players. They're by no means Illinois, but they do have some players 
with nice longer wingspans, which makes it harder, obviously, to play offensively. Rebounding, again, pretty average, if not below average. They're 11th in the Big Ten in defensive rebounding. They're 10th in total rebounding, 7th in offensive rebounding. So they're not going to blow you away off the boards or anything like that. So it is what it is there. Turnover numbers, assist numbers, steal numbers, all that stuff. Nothing really impressive. They don't force a lot of turnovers. They don't turn the ball over all that much either. So that's who they are as a team. But as a whole, if you look at them, again, they like to spread it out. They're they're a good space team. I'll talk about how they can be beat here in the keys to the game, of course. But that's Maryland as a team. If you haven't watched them since Maryland played Ohio State in their last meeting in, in January. Let's talk about some individual contributors for Maryland, shall we? And it starts, of course, with Jameer Young. Super senior. If you're like, this guy is a super senior and I've never heard of him before other than this season, that would be because he's a transplant from Charlotte. So welcome to the big leagues, Jameer. And since joining the big leagues here in the Big Ten, he's played very, very well. 16.2 points per game. That's ninth in the Big Ten. His field goal percentage is 14th in the Big Ten at 43.3% from the field. Very, very good free throw shooter. He's third in the Big Ten free throw shooting, and he can dish the ball a little bit too, 3.3 assists per game. He's the only Maryland player in top 25 individually in scoring in the Big Ten this season. When you look at scoring averages, the only player from Maryland in the top 25 in the Big Ten is Jameer Young. So he's definitely the focal point for Maryland, and we saw this when Maryland took on Ohio State in their first matchup, Young had 30 points, 11 rebounds. That was a season high in points and a season high in rebounds. So Ohio State saw the best of Jameer Young. I don't remember who it was who said it. It might have been just suing, but there was an Ohio State player who said, yeah, we remember what Jameer did to us last time. We're not going to let him do it again. So just be on the lookout for that. In terms of Young's play style, he's not a sharpshooter by any stretch. But he's very, very good at creating off the dribble. He does a good job of shielding himself and the ball from defenders, especially against taller and, and lengthier defenders. And he's very athletic. He can he can dunk on you. Not me, though. He won't dunk on me, but he may dunk on you. Reminds me a lot of Terrence Shannon Jr., a player Ohio State just played. Left-handed as well. So there's that. Now, his scoring average. It has risen or remained the same by rounding, which is a decimal point, is what I mean by that. So it's gone from 15.2 up to 15.3 or back down to 15.2. It's remained steady for each of the past 14 games. So he's just, at this point, he's humming along in the season. You would expect with somewhat certainty that Jameer Young will score 16 points or more in this game. It's just probably going to happen. So... If you're betting some player props on this game, just be aware of that. Be advised. I'm not giving you any advice on that, though. And I never will. I might. I don't I don't assume that I ever will, but maybe someday. That's not really the point of this podcast. Jameer Young also, one other point on him. He doesn't play as much as any of the top scorers in the conference. If you look at just minutes played... And you look at, you'll see all the top scorers usually playing a lot of minutes. Jameer Young, nowhere to be found there. So he's very efficient. He scores a lot of points per minute for what it's worth. 
Jameer Young, a player Ohio State is going to have to be solely focused on. Very, very similar to this Illinois team offensively in that they've got one player that you have got to pay all your attention to, a couple other players that can beat you, but you've got to have your focal point on their top scorer and their top player, Jameer Young here for Maryland. A couple other players that we can mention, Hakeem Hart, he's a senior guard for Maryland, averaging 12 points per game, that's fine, but he does have 20 points or more in two of the last five games, and in those five games, get this, he is 12 of 21 from deep. That's 57% for those of you scoring at home. 12 of 21. That's not like one of one this game and then one of two the next and then two of three the next. He's shooting a lot of threes, and he's making a lot of them too. He did it against Northwestern. Maryland just beat up on Northwestern. So he's a guy who Ohio State will have to keep an eye on knowing that he's hot. Good free throw shooter as well. He's shooting 35% from three this year, 50% from the field. His assists have also risen consistently in the past two months. He's a very skilled passer, whether it be in transition or on fast breaks. He can move the ball really, really well. So a player Ohio State will have to keep an eye on. The other player I will mention from Maryland is Julian Reese. He's a sophomore forward, more so of a center, but potato, potato, I suppose. 11.2 points per game, 7.2 rebounds per game he has had double digit rebounds in three games in a row and if there's a place that maryland can beat ohio state it may be with julian reese ohio state is obviously going to be playing smaller lineups that's what they did against illinois it worked out very very well for them but if julian reese is out there getting 14 rebounds it's going to be tough for ohio state to potentially win a game he's 64 percent from the field as well very very efficient he's not leaned on heavily offensively for maryland But, very, very good shooter when he gets it up, although it's typically right down there on the block. He can block some shots as well. He leads Maryland in shots blocked. And again, a very, very good rebounder. Fun fact, Julian Reese's major, it's letters and sciences. I have no idea what that means. No idea what a major in letters and sciences does for you. If you do know, please let me know. Very interested in that. All right, keys to the game. This show is getting long. I had a feeling that would happen. I apologize if you're looking for another 29-minute episode. I'm going to be probably 34, 35 minutes. So I'll try to get through this pretty quickly. I'll go through my keys of the game, and then I'll shut up before you shut me off. How's that sound? Good. Cool. All right, so last time Ohio State played Maryland, remember Ohio State owned the first half. They looked pretty solid, but it also felt like a clunky game, especially in the second half. That's when Maryland went on a run. Ohio State would slowly try to start back in the game, but would just die. And then Maryland never looked back, and they won that game. So what are the two keys that Ohio State can take against Maryland? Number one, this is going to sound surgical because it is, slice and dice. Maryland is a team that can be beaten on good ball movement and precise drives to the hoop. I'm not saying that they're a bad low post team defensive wise if you've got someone who's backing someone down in the in the post I'm not saying that I'm saying if you're driving or if you're driving and then nice ball movement you kick it out or you throw it to the other side of the paint maybe that beats Maryland that's what I've seen from Maryland as a team this year if you can move the ball well precise drives you're gonna have a chance to beat Maryland offensively they're just They're sometimes prone to breakdowns, 
below the hoop on penetration as well, I would say. So as Ohio State drives, Bryce Sensenball, this could be a big game for him because of that. Bruce Thornton, if he moves a ball around well, that's something that you want to see Ohio State do. How do we measure that? I have no idea. But just be watching. If Ohio State can move the ball around well, if they can slice and dice, if they can drive it in, kick it out, move the ball around well, I think that they can beat Maryland. They just seem to be a step slow. Defensively, the other key to the game that I'll give for Ohio State, play with higher IQ. And again, you can't measure this. You can't formulate a scheme for it, or at least I can't. But I would just say, Ohio State, play with higher IQ. Maryland is a team that is prone to a couple of things that you don't want to be prone to. That's bad fouls, bad turnovers, and like I said previously, defensive lapses. That's what I saw in Maryland's game against Northwestern. That's what I've seen in Maryland's games previously. They will sometimes go through spells where they'll have a foul on the bottom of the hoop 90 feet away from where the ball is going. You don't want to do that. You'll also see Maryland sometimes just throw bad passes, throw it in the passing lane, get the ball stolen away. You'll see defensive lapses as well. So you want to see Maryland make some mistakes and Ohio State capitalize on those. If Ohio State can just play with higher basketball IQ, I think they win the game. The other thing that Maryland is good at is they'll beat you by simply out-athleting you, if I can say that. They've got some athletes on their team, some fast players, some guys who can jump, some strong players. So that's kind of how Maryland is as a team. They're a team that they really use their talent in order to win and to score. And sometimes if you can confuse them, if you can cause them just to hesitate for half a second, I think that you can beat a team like this. So those are my two keys to the game. Very simple. Hard to measure though. So when I come back on Thursday for the review of the Maryland game, I'll go to these keys and I'll tell you right now, I don't really know if they pass them or not. I don't know how to measure them, but I just, this is what I observed. And these are the two things I'd like to see from Ohio State. Number one, slice and dice. Drive, kick it out, drive. Nice little bounce pass, Felix Arpara dunk. Would love to see that. Number two, play with higher IQ. Force Maryland to make mistakes and then capitalize off of those. So those are my keys to the game. Wow, this has been a long show. Probably the longest show in the history of the Views from the Shop podcast. So... I'll be pretty quick to wrap it up. If you don't mind, again, please follow, tell a friend, an Ohio State fan about the show. Whether you like it or hate it, doesn't matter to me. You can tell me you hate it. Any kind of news or press is good press for me at this point, right? Maybe. Give the show a follow. Find us on Twitter. You will be back, hopefully, with me on Thursday morning, and we will review this Maryland game. Saturday, we'll preview the Michigan State game, and then, of course, we'll review the Michigan State game next Monday, heading into the Big Ten Tournament, where Ohio State will be a 13 seed. I appreciate you joining today. I will now shut up before you shut me off. Go Bucks! <laughs>